Welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this is episode 128. Update. Things are pretty good. I had an exciting week of work and paying bills. And you know what? Both felt pretty great. I think, and I say this while, you know, knocking on wood, I think things are starting to click for me at work. I mean, at least I hope they are. <laughs> Last week, I finally felt like maybe the things that I have been trained on are actually starting to sink in. I, you guys know, I've told you, I have struggled <laughs> the last six months at work. And it was a shock to me because I've worked HR before. And specifically, my last job, I was doing exactly what I thought this job was going to be. I did it for three years. So when I started this job, I I really wasn't all that worried. You know, I knew obviously I was going to have to like learn their systems. I wasn't expecting to have to relearn the whole HR process. You know, it's kind of like unlearn what I had been doing for three years and relearn the way they wanted it done. So I kind of went in thinking, you know, <laughs> HR is HR. It doesn't matter where you work. Well, I was completely wrong. But finally, last week, some of the puzzle pieces started to come together. And I got it. I mean, not all of it. I'm, I'm far from getting all of it. But some of it finally was starting to come together. And I know I'm only halfway through the training, but I really thought I was never going to get it. It is so much information. It is, oh gosh, it, it's, it's just really hard. And I was really doubting my ability to not only understand it, but put it into practice and really starting to worry, you know, when I do finally get placed in my permanent position, that I wasn't going to be able to do the job. And, and then, of course, doubting maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I shouldn't have taken this job. But finally, last week, like I said, <laughs> finally, I understood at least part of of this job. And that felt so good and started to make me feel a little bit hopeful that I'm going to be just fine. And along with that, for the first time in a long time, I paid my bills with zero anxiety and that was wonderful and it's such a simple thing but for me it is a rare thing and it felt so good you know like to to go into my accounts or open my bills and just pay them <laughs> you know like like a, like a normal functioning adult just pay them and not worry about what bill I was going to have to short pay or what I was going to have to delay, just pay. Oh, God, such a relief. It was so nice. And now I just have to work on, you know, making that the practice moving forward and not just a one-time thing, you know, and really get serious about 
figuring out how to manage money because if I don't, I'm going to be right back where I was before I know it. Um, something I wanted to talk to you guys, I, I think I'm going to start either, you know, like how I, I make the recommendations for, you know, podcast, TV, books, stuff like that. I think I'm going to start putting them either in the show notes or I think probably posting them in the Facebook group or on Instagram. I realized the other day that maybe when you're listening, you know, you're not able to just stop what you're doing and write down the name of something that I mentioned that you might later want to check out. And I know I've had family members reach out to me and say, hey, what's that show you talked about a few weeks ago? And so I figure if I post it somewhere, this way you'll have somewhere to go, you know, to actually see what I mentioned, especially if you're not related to me and you can't just shoot me a text. So I was listening, or you guys know, oh God, how many times have I got to mention my favorite murder in this podcast? But anyway, I noticed that they started doing that. And I thought that was such a good idea to be able to have a place where you guys can go. And I am sort of leaning more towards social media, you know, the Facebook and Instagram accounts over putting it in the show notes, because if you don't remember what episode I said it in, you're not going to be able to find it in the show notes. So, you know, this way you can go right to the group, you know, and, and you won't have to like scroll endlessly to find it. So if you guys, you know, have any thoughts or suggestions, think I can, you know, do something better. Let me know. I'm open. And speaking of recommendations, TV podcast recommendations for this week, I have a new podcast that I've been listening to. It's called Smokescreen. The podcast description says it's about people with complex motives and morals, you know, uh, con, con artists, cult leaders, and even some corrupt politicians. I'm about halfway through the first season. First season is about a fake priest. His name is Father Ryan, and he's basically a con man. And uh, there also happens to be the mysterious deaths of two priests who were associated with him. There are six seasons out so far. The seasons are about 10 episodes each, and each episode is around 30 minutes. So easy listen, easy to binge. And each season is about a different con artist. I like it. It's interesting. And, you know, it... it it's it's not too heavy and serious, but it doesn't go too far to the light side either. I've noticed that with some podcasts, um, especially it seems to me the ones on Wondery, and I like a lot of the Wondery podcasts, but some of their podcasts can go like too much to the sticky side. You know what I mean? So this one does not do that, but it's also not like super dry. It's interesting. Like I said, it's straightforward, not too heavy, definitely not too hokey. I am liking it so far, season one, and I am looking forward to listening to the seasons after that. For TV, I started watching a few weeks ago, Love and Death on HBO. This is a six-part limited series based on the true story of Candy Montgomery, and it stars Elizabeth Olsen as Candy. Now, this isn't the first movie made about Candy Montgomery. There's been a few made-for-TV movies, and there was a Hulu series. I think it came out last year 
where Jessica Biel played Candy. I didn't watch that one. This HBO version, it's not quite a drama, not quite a dark comedy, kind of a good combination of the two. And the story is perfect for a made-for-TV movie because it kind of has everything. It has friendship, marriage, sex, affairs, churchgoers. It's really good. Candy is a seemingly perfect stay-at-home mom who is looking for something more, and she thinks she finds it with fellow church member Alan, who is also the husband of her friend, Betty. They carry on their affair for years before they're found out, and the fallout is dramatic. I can't really say more than that because I'll be giving out spoilers, and I don't want to ruin it for you if you're not watching it yet, but you should. It's good. I like it. It's really well done. It doesn't go over the top, which it definitely could, because the details of the true story are salacious. I like Elizabeth Olsen in this, and I really like this series. Aside from the story, it's the 1970s setting. The homes, the furniture, the clothes, the music. So good. I get distracted sometimes because it reminds me so much of my childhood. Like, sometimes... You know, I'm watching it. There's a scene going on and I'm not listening to the dialogue because I'm so distracted by the backgrounds, especially the stuff filled in, filmed inside the homes, because I'm looking to see if they had any of the same things that that we had in our home when I was growing up. And they did, you know, like all the typ- all the typical 70s homes, you know, the Farmica countertops, the rotary phone on the kitchen wall with the extra long stretched out cord, you know, the the greens, the oranges, the yellows, all through the house. The fake fruit, (laughs) the fake fruit centerpiece on the kitchen table. I mean, it's just so cool to watch because it's my childhood. It's my childhood home. I really like the series. It's very well done. So if you want to check it out, it's called Love and Death. It's on HBO. I'm not sure if it's HBO or HBO Max. I watch it on HBO Max. I guess it doesn't matter because by the end of the May, it's all going to be one channel, which it should have been to begin with. All right. Now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So I've told you before, I watch a lot of YouTube. I follow a bunch of different people on there. One of the accounts that I follow is Jessica Braun, and I've been watching her channel for years. I remember when she posted the video announcing her pregnancy. That child is now five years old, and she's had another daughter since then. Originally, I started watching her because she would do makeup reviews, and you guys know how much I love my makeup. She's very sweet and genuine, and I found myself not only enjoying her videos, but also trusting her reviews. She's definitely an influencer, but not like most influencers. She's very down to earth, not at all, you know, out of touch, like some other influencers can be, you know, like in the middle of a down economy. She's not posting about her thousand dollar Amazon haul. A few years ago, she started posting videos that were less about makeup reviews and more lifestyle type vlogs. And I liked those, too. It sounds weird to say that I like watching someone I don't know shop at Target or talk about renovating their home or what coffee maker works best for them. 
But she has good energy. And in a strange way, for me, when I watch her, it's a lot like talking to one of my nieces. Lately, her vlogs have gotten more personal. She talks about her struggles with parenting and her faith, and she is very open and honest. The other day, I was watching one of her vlogs, and she talked about the idea of breaking a promise to yourself and how emotionally breaking a promise to yourself has the same effect on you as someone you love breaking a promise to you. You trust yourself less. This struck a chord in me because I put a very high value on promises made to me by other people. I told you guys, my father was a promise breaker. And to this day, that affects all of my relationships. So I grew up to be a person who really puts a lot of faith in promises. I listen to your words, but if there's no follow through, I will lose my trust in you quickly. And once that trust is broken, it almost never comes back. Like, I may still love you, but I won't believe a word that comes out of your mouth. For me, a promise is anything we say we're going to do, whether it's for someone else or for ourselves. We don't actually have to say the words, I promise. The commitment is implied. But I never considered the broken promises I was making to myself. And to be honest, I do this a lot. I think we all do. We tell ourselves we're going to do something, but then life gets in the way and we don't always have the time or the energy to follow through. Take, for example, every time I promise myself I'm going to work out tomorrow. At the time I make the promise, it's always with the best of intentions of following through. And tomorrow comes and I get busy with other things or maybe I'm just having a lazy day and before I know it, I'm in bed. And another day has passed and I didn't do what I told myself I would do. Oh, well, there's always tomorrow. And then the cycle repeats. There are times when I can be really good about following through with the promises I make. And other times, not so much. I was thinking about this and wondering why, as someone who places such a high value on promises made to me, I seemingly don't feel any obligation to keep the promises I make to myself. The problem with breaking promises we make to ourselves is that it causes us to lose faith in ourselves. This is especially true if you continue to break the promises that have to do with the same issue, because we are our own worst critics. An article I found in the Herald Dispatch written by psychological counselor Linda Arnold said that repeatedly breaking promises to ourselves over time can chip away at our internal integrity. Arnold said that if layers upon layers of broken promises accumulate, you can start to collect evidence that your theory about yourself, whatever that may be, is valid. This is particularly true with ongoing challenges and the behaviors you've developed to deal with them. Say, like, for instance, if you're someone who has told yourself you're not good with directions, you could probably come up with at least a dozen stories of how you got lost on the way to some important event, which just cements your belief that you're geographically challenged. Or if you have a tendency to always be late, you probably collect evidence to show that no matter how hard you try, you're just never going to be the person who shows up on time. I may not have a great sense of direction. I've told you before, GPS and spell check changed my life. 
but I'm the person who is almost never late. I mean, sure, there have been times when I haven't shown up exactly on time, but in general, I tend to plan for possible obstacles. Like, if I have a job interview in an area of town I'm not familiar with, I'll check the travel time and the directions on the GPS days before. And if I'm still feeling particularly nervous about it, I might even take a drive a few days before the interview just to know the traffic situation and the parking situation so that I can avoid any issues that might make me late. So for me, lateness is not an issue. And maybe if you're also a person who breaks promises to yourself, they have nothing to do with geography or lateness. Maybe you're an overscheduler. Or maybe you have trouble with conflict, so you say yes when you really want to say no. Whatever you're dealing with that is causing you to put yourself and your promises last on your list, it's usually related to some belief you formed in your lifetime. You've probably been taught that it's better to keep the peace, or you tell yourself you're always running late, so it doesn't matter because no one really expects you to be on time. Or maybe you think, You're the only one who can do things the right way. So you take every task on yourself, leaving you and your needs at the bottom of the list or off the list completely. The thing that I have the hardest time accepting is that if I make a promise to you, I will do everything, and I mean everything, in my power to keep that promise. If there is even the slightest chance that I won't be able to do something, I won't make the commitment because the last thing I would want is for someone to lose their faith in me. I don't take that lightly. I'm of the generation where we were taught your word is your bond. If I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it because it's the right thing to do. But breaking a promise to myself? Eh, who cares? Why am I not holding myself to the same standard that I apply to others? I think the simple answer is, who does? I don't know anyone who holds themselves in the same regard as they do with their family and their friends. We tell ourselves that that what we do for others is far more important than what we do for ourselves. And society tells us that if we focus too much on ourselves, we're selfish. After reading a few articles on the topic, it seems that the key to stop doing this is to stop making promises and instead make habits. I can promise myself every day until the day I die that tomorrow is going to be the day I start working out on a regular basis. But until I actually start making a habit of working out at least a few times a week, it's never going to develop into a habit. There are many reasons why we think it's okay to break the promises we make to ourselves. One, there's no urgency. Two, the stakes really aren't that high. And three, and probably the most important, there's no accountability. If there was, we wouldn't be able to tell ourselves things like, starting tomorrow, I'm going to whatever, fill in the blank. We would just do it. How many times have you told yourself you were going to do something and then didn't get around to actually following through? Maybe it's going to the gym or starting a retirement fund, or maybe it's that large cleaning task that you've been putting off for months. We've all done it and then made excuses as to why we didn't follow through. And some of those excuses are legitimate, but not all of them. 
But again, who cares, right? So another weekend passed and you didn't get around to cleaning out the hall closet that's about to burst. It's not like you let anyone down. You'll get around to it eventually. What we don't take into consideration is that when you break a promise to yourself, you let yourself down. Another article I found, this one was in LinkedIn's Quick Confidence series, said that failing to keep promises to yourself hurts your self-belief. Studies show that keeping promises holds a lot of emotional value. And when we break those agreements, there's a decline of trust. The article used the example of having to deal with a flaky coworker, saying, you're so used to them handing in work late or in an incomplete way that you stop trusting them. And that, you know, anytime they say they're going to do something, you kind of get that, mm, I'll believe it when I see it attitude. Breaking promises to yourself has the same effect. You hurt your own self-trust when you constantly flake on yourself. The article author, Scott H. Young, said, Breaking promises to yourself has the same cost as breaking promises to others, except the person you trust less is you. So, okay, now we all see the importance of keeping our promises to ourselves. But how do we break this pattern of behavior? Many articles offer the same solutions, all addressing the main reasons we break them. You know, no urgency, no accountability. They said, said things like, write it down. Let your intent or promise be known. Write it down and post it somewhere where you will see it every day. And if you're really serious about keeping your commitment, tell someone what you're planning. They also suggest to committing to less. You're never going to get around to cleaning that closet if your weekends are filled with other obligations. The key to being able to keep our promises to ourselves is to keep them realistic. You would never make a commitment to someone that you know you could not come through on. Like, say the PTA president asks you to volunteer to make 300 cupcakes for the bake sale that is planned for tomorrow. And you know that on top of your full-time job, you also have to take your youngest to the dentist, your oldest has volleyball practice, and your spouse has a big presentation at work that they have been stressed out for for weeks. You're probably not going to tell the president that you can do it. You're going to back out and you're going to say, you know, if I had only known about this sooner, I would have loved to be able to help. But unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to help with the bake sale this year. But we do this to ourselves all the time. We make big proclamations like, I'm going to get in my 10,000 steps every day for our entire month. Or I'm going to paint every room in this house over the next two weekends. Or come hell or high water, I am definitely going to clean out that basement this weekend. All the while knowing that even though we haven't had the time to do any of those things in the past, somehow we're for sure going to get them done this time. But here's the thing. The reason why we haven't been able to get those things done in the past is because we didn't make a plan for them. We didn't actually carve out time. What we did instead was had a very lovely thought about getting them done. In the past, when I would be working, you know, I would be working on the podcast every week, you know, and I'd be kind of trying to come up with an idea for a topic. And I would just sort of randomly work on the podcast through the week, you know, whenever I had time. 
And as you know, that hasn't always worked out. There have been plenty of weeks where I was rushing to get something together and get it recorded and edited in time to be released on Thursday. Some weeks, I was even doing it the night before. But a few months ago, I started to do things differently. I am really proud of this podcast and what I am able to put out every week. And I wanted to make a real commitment to putting out episodes that didn't feel like an afterthought. So I made a plan. During the course of the week, if I have thoughts on what I want to talk about, I just jot them down in my notes app. Then on Sunday, I commit to writing. I get up, I make my coffee, take care of the pets, sit down at my laptop, and I do not move until the podcast is complete, which means I don't make other plans for Sunday mornings. I treat it like it's my job. I would never commit to a 10 a.m. Monday morning spin class, well, (laughs) for a lot of different reasons, but mostly because I have to be at work. It's the same with writing the podcast. I made a promise to myself. When I was doing the research this week, what all of the articles had in common was that your relationship to yourself is your most important relationship. And I think a lot of us have a tendency to undervalue it. Think about how you treat yourself. If anyone else was treating you that way, you know, putting you last, showing up when it was convenient for them, would you stick around? Just like with any other habit, once you start consistently breaking promises that you make to yourself, it becomes a pattern. And eventually, even you don't believe yourself when you commit to doing something. We all know how painful it can be to lose trust in someone. Yet, none of us really consider the cost of losing trust in ourselves. Well, we've all known that person, right? You know, the one who just never follows through. At first, maybe you let it slide, you know, they're a friend or a family member and you love them, so you don't want to make a big deal out of it. But eventually you get to the point where you realize that while you may still love them, you can't rely on them. Trust is broken. To the point where whenever they say, you know, anything, you don't believe it. And maybe somewhere down the road, they may turn it around and actually start doing all the things they say they're going to do. But by then it may be too late because they've already lost all credibility. Now, consider that same scenario, but you're the one not following through with the things you said you were going to do for yourself. Emotionally, the result is the same. You lose faith in yourself. When someone else does it to you, you see them as untrustworthy. Over time, you do the same thing with yourself and you start to see your behaviors as character traits. You know, you become the the one who is chronically late or you're the one who always gets lost no matter how reliable the GPS directions are. And once you do that, you tie your sense of self to the traits and the behaviors and the behaviors become much more difficult to change. The most important thing to remember is that just like it takes time for someone to earn your trust back, the same applies for you. You didn't lose trust in yourself overnight. It took time and a series of events for that to happen. So it's going to take time to learn to trust yourself again. And how do we break that habit? Just like with most things, 
It starts with forgiveness and grace. Maybe for your entire life, you've put your needs last and didn't really see the importance of following through with the commitments you made to yourself. It's okay. I get it. Instead of beating yourself up for the broken promises of the past, forgive yourself. Continuing to berate yourself over things you did in the past only keeps you stuck in that behavior. Just accept it for what it is and move forward. Know better. Do better. And remind yourself that your behaviors of the past are not a character trait. They're not who you are. They're just things you did. And show yourself grace when you inevitably break another promise to yourself, because let's face it, it'll happen. You know, best laid plans, good intentions, blah, blah, blah. I just finished season two of Schmigadoon. You guys know how much I love that show. And season two, even better than season one. The last song of the show talked about how there is no such thing as a happy ending. But each new day is the opportunity for a happy beginning. So what if yesterday you didn't follow through? Today's a new day. And each new day is an opportunity to start over. All right, you guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 128. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast, and like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. The second part is the important part. If you have questions or topic suggestions, email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.